This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top tier lineup. With Leap Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast covering all things Ipswich Town since 2015. My name is Mikey Penty-Smith. This is the flagship show and today I'm joined by two of Blue Monday's Globetrotters. From Madeira to the Medway in a week, it's Joe Fares. And fresh from a trip to Costa del Felixstow, it's David Diamond. How are you both? Still basking in the glory of yesterday's performance, I gather. Yeah, brilliant, wasn't it? Joe, Spoiler Joe's alert. Joe's probably still drying out, aren't you, Joe? Yeah, that, that was a, a wet day there, and I made the mistake of taking my poncho off when when it looked clear at about 65 minutes and then proceeded to get absolutely soaked. For yeah, the I heard 20. that. <laughs> I, saw, I, I heard one or two people say that, that it was relatively light until about 20 minutes from the end, and then the heavens opened, yeah? Yeah, yeah the what it like it wasn't really that bad, was it? For most of the for most of the game, it, it was a, a little bit wet, and then just that last fifteen minutes, it just bucketed it down right onto our backs, yeah. sort of where we were right at the very top of the stand, just oh. absolutely soaked us. The problem is, is that you you get there. Well, it's raining all day, wasn't it? So you get you get there with enough time to make sure that you you get a decent parking spot and whatever, and then you try and get in a pub. The pubs are all full. So then you just have to queue, you queue up to get in the ground. But then once you're in the ground, it's still outside anyway. And then obviously you get to your seat and obviously you're still outside. So there's just sort of no, well, at least, no at opportunity least, to sort least, of warm up. At least I guess you didn't have to sit, you're away, so you didn't have to sit down on a wet seat. That's even worse, isn't it? No, Joe no, refused to sit down. Terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that a disabled person behind me could see just fine though. <laughs> And um, eventful journey home, wasn't it? By all accounts, last night. My, like it was, it was slow at Dartford, but I, I had my sat nav on, and it took me this route oh. where I literally went into the entrance and exit of Blue Water Shopping Centre to come out. Oh, I know, and, yeah. and, and nipped me on right, sort of then through the centre of Dartford into yeah, I know 
sort of sort of coming out quite near the tunnel, so I wasn't too bad. But I think anyone who just went straight back up to the twenty five and Oosh. sat there had a very very slow return. Yeah, I, I, think, was, I, think, I was having uh, about quarter to eight, so it's not too bad. Oh, you did well. Yeah, I got home in decent time as well. Uh, I think Craig Fimbo, who was supposed to be on the podcast, is still stuck still in, in the traffic tunnel. on his way home. <laughs> it's just <laughs> just bypassing Chelmsford as we speak, I think. <laughs> he probably Lovely is, stuff. actually. <laughs> Let's get into the news. And it's been a bumper weekend of football on the telly, hasn't it, Laz? It's been cool. really enjoyable. Just saw Nottingham Forest knock Arsenal out of the, mm. out of the cup. Great to see. And on Friday night, um, our very own Tyree Simpson made his primetime TV debut. He came up against the might of Manchester City. Swindon, I think, made fairly decent account for themselves, but lost 4-1. Now, Simpson didn't, didn't see loads of the ball, um, but a great experience for him all the same, Joe. Yeah, and he is a boyhood Man City fan, so... Mm. I think he was even more delighted to play them. And on his Instagram, he's got a photo where he had, I think, Gundogan and De Bruyne's shirt from the game. So <laughs> he was quite happy with that. But yeah, he wasn't able to get in the game as much as possible. But sort of interestingly, the right back who did really well, Kessler yeah. Hayden, who's, I think he was the Youth Cup winning captain at Aston Villa, sort of Louis Barry's teammate, had looked has looked really good for Swindon, had a really good game. And I spoke to a, spoke to a Swindon fan who basically said, since since that game, Kessler Hayden's now been recalled from his loan and they're probably going to send him higher up the pyramid. So he, he said when he was walking out the game, he said to his brother, oh, so he said, I'm glad. And he, this is his nickname, Big Daddy Tyrese, didn't have his best game for us because <laughs> we might have lost him as well as Kane. So I think it's sort of a scant consolation was- that we probably won't recall him because he didn't show up brilliantly on the national telly that we might have looked to move him on in his line. But I, I don't think we'd have done that anyway, but that's what they've done with Kessler Hayden. <laughs> yeah, he was he was neat and tidy, what he had to do, but he was just a bit isolated, wasn't he? And City had a half-decent, well, of course, had a half-decent side-up. Mm. I was particularly, I know we're not on this subject, we're talking about Tyree Simpson, I was particularly impressed with the City young winger. <laughs> He's a bit tasty, wasn't he? Oh, oh, my yeah. goodness me. Yeah, Simpson... You know what he had to do was neat and tidy, but he was just isolated. It was long periods when he just wasn't wasn't in the game, was he? And I think mm. if you look at his <laughs> sort of stats for Swindon, that is that is quite like that. They're a very possession heavy side, and he's sort of the player that can help bring them up the pitch when he needs to. But he's not yeah, he's like massively involved in the game. He's because you're you're just not when you're that lone strike, and they've got sort of McGurdy sort of playing a bit deeper. But no, he's he's doing really well for Swindon and their fans are very happy with him. And if he can start another sort of 15, 20 games over the course of the season, we'll be much better for it come the summer. I mean, you, you felt for him, really, because, uh, you know, it was crying out to go direct. And Christ, the first two goals, they basically gave them on a plate, oh, didn't the they? You know, messing around with the ball it? on the edge yeah. of their box against Man City, for goodness sake, you know. So, yeah, not 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 great from that point of view. But to be fair, Joe's right. They did try and play, did sort of try and play through and try and play football. And nice to see him get a goal. Yeah, definitely. Johnny Williams heavily involved in that. Oh, goal. yeah, yeah. Saw GB today. He was all over that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course he was. I suppose, yeah, so where did you see uh, GB, Dave? I'm guessing ah, it nice, was the gold star ground nice for that segue, 1-1 nice draw. Segue. He was, yeah, draw yeah. Pop down, pop down um, God, getting into Felix on a Sunday's worst, getting into Ipswich during the week, for goodness sake. Roadworks everywhere, traffic lights everywhere, for goodness sake. But I got there about 10 minutes from the start. Um, yeah, disappointingly, dropped another two points, unfortunately. Drew 1-1 and probably overall it was the right result. And I think Portsmouth created a lot. 
Natasha Thomas scored a really good goal, good, good sort of brave header for a good bit of wing play from, I'm not quite sure, but played wide right, but really good wing play. And she, she nodded it in at the near post. Good finish. Then they scored halfway through the second half, probably, yeah, 20 minutes to go, free kick. Keeper initially made a good save and then they just, they were just following it up from an angle, put it in the roof of the net. And then yeah, a few half chances after that. Very, very fussy referee, for goodness sake. I think it was like, four yellow cards for goodness sake and mostly for descent and stuff like that it was quite fussy so yeah not much flow to the game but yeah disappointingly that um obviously the last two games after carrying all before them other than the cup match um they've dropped sort of five points in the last two games which as we know that the the division is so so well there's only one team that we know qualifies for the for the actual playoff as such so yeah definitely a case of um a case of two points drop there today Indeed, thanks for that. Dave. Rich was obviously, or what, watched obviously TWTD for Rich's, Rich's concise report. Yeah, that will be available when this podcast is out. So, yeah, check, check that out from our very own Richard Woodward. Uh, on Friday, Joe, Insider 247, which I know is one of your favourite um, <laughs> websites for uh, your football news, reported that we've made contact with Manchester United over signing young left back Alvaro Fernandez. TWTD have since reported that this wasn't the case. It's not a surprise to see us linked, first of all, with a Manchester United youngster, is it? And do you think that if we do any business in this transfer window that doesn't include players that we've already got on loan, do you think it will be in that sort of left left back, left wing back position? Yeah, but it's just hard to know who's more reliable, the sort of spotty teenager in their bedroom that runs inside a 24-7 or Phil Hamm at mm. TWTD. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how this one plays <laughs> out. But I'd, I'd, I'd imagine Phil is probably better connected than the guy <laughs> linking it there. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's any surprise. It's such an obvious link, the sort of Man United youngsters. We need a left back. Well, we don't know what's going on with Hayden Coulson at the moment. But the fact he's still here and his loan hasn't mm. been terminated must make you think that they are looking to get him fit and get him back in the side here, whether it's because the financial penalties are too much or McKenna's seen something he likes or whether they're confident he's going to come back and play games or whether he's happy with Penny or Kenlock's going to come back into the fold. We don't really know what is what is going on, but it's no surprise to see. It's, it's a very obvious link, but it doesn't sound like there's anything in it, according to Phil. And the EADT guys haven't sort of picked up at all, even to poo-poo it, So, which makes you think that... Sort of, there, there is nothing in it because our local journos are generally very good and very sort of on the on the nose with things, aren't they? So yeah. there, but I say it's, it's difficult to know where we're going this window. It's I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen a deal done yet over the line. Bearing in mind it's now the sort of a third of the way through the window, and we, we were told we were going to be busy. But I do, I do think there's probably an element of needing to get players out as yeah. opposed to before we can bring anyone in just for squad size. Obviously, Louis. Sorry, Louis Barry's gone, so that does free up room for another lone player into the squad because previously we were obviously right up to the limit. <clears throat> Hayden Coulson, as I just said, it sounds like he might be staying. Um, we, we're obviously working hard on the Walton and Bond deals. Pop, well, probably the Walton deal more than Bond at the moment to try and get that one over the line. And I think there's probably a need, or a few weeks ago, James Nord was on the transfer list and we were <clears> looking at a striker, but now James Norwood scored four goals in four games and has started sort of the last four league games and is are we just going to just ride him till the end of the season now or are we going to look to replace him I don't know I think I think it'd be a very brave manager that sells a striker who's scoring a goal a game at the moment isn't it and to bring someone else in so interesting though isn't it to see where we go 
Yeah, definitely yeah. A, a penny for your thoughts, Dave, on the left back position. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, spoiler alert. I think <clears throat> he had a he had a half decent decent game. We'll get onto that. I think he had a half decent game yesterday. Maybe if there was a a weak player yesterday, because everyone played to such a level yesterday, um, I thought he was good yesterday. And it, it certainly, you know, the Danassian experiment, I mean, okay, I think the back three is now settled where it is, but the Danassian, if you call it experiment at Charlton, was just an absolute unmitigated disaster, wasn't it? I mean, it was the worst game he's had this season by miles, for goodness sake. So, I mean, I, yeah, that's the natural thing at the moment to have Penny there, natural left back. And it showed with, with well, certainly with one of the goals yesterday, the advantage of that. But um, clearly a fit and flight. Maybe, as Joe said, he's seen something that Coulson's now back training and he's seen something. I mean, if a fit and flying Coulson, as we saw in glimpses, is certainly an upgrade on Penny, one would, one would suggest. So, um, yeah, um, depending on, depending on, Colson's fitness. Um, if he isn't, yeah, you would expect that's we would be looking at a, perhaps a, another left back. Obviously, Ken Lock's completely out of the frame. You, again, you would assume, but then so was Newell a few games back. But I can't really see Ken Lock coming in and having a similar impact defensively as Norwood has had up top. Obviously, now I, I wonder whether there's an area that we might need to look at is sort of centre back because we've we've gone to three at the back and you're playing Wolfenden. Edmondson on the left and Danashian on the right. I don't think the way we've played, I don't think you can put a Toto Enciala into that team just because <laughs> of how we played on the ball. And no. Cameron Burgess, he's he's also a player that sort of struggled a bit on the ball as well since he's come in. But do do, do we need another centre-back who is comfortable on the ball? I'd, I'd say probably yes, really. So maybe that's an, an area of the team. But by the way, we've set up an area of need that's maybe leapfrogged one of the other ones, eh? Sort of another now, body to play there. Joe, no one else you can see at the moment coming through from the 21s or anything? Well, I think there's some decent players in there, but I think it's, a long, it's a long way to go for sort of an Albi Armin or an Elkin Bagger yeah, like to it. jump, to like jump ahead of sort of Toto yeah. Enciala, unless yeah. sort of Enciala's a player that we look to get out the door. It's a little bit yeah. of a shame that Ndaba got injured when he did. Because yeah, he's, he's a player. He'd be yeah. a decent option for the back three. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe that's another option that you just call him back from Salford and have him here because I think he's back back on the grass, so to speak, now. So yeah, yeah that's I think an he option. might have he, even played some minutes yesterday. Yeah, I, I I only saw the highlights from the game and I didn't notice him in the highlights, but mm. that's not to say he didn't come on or didn't didn't play. But yeah, maybe maybe he, he's an option. He's probably a lot further ahead of sort of Armin and Baggett initially, and yeah. He's a player with that left foot that could come in there and cope on that left-hand side. But like I say, you've got Burgess, who's a three-quarters of a million-pound signing. Are you going to sort of put Indarbra ahead of him or leave him out there developing? It's, a, it's mm. an interesting one. Very much so. Gillingham is also an interesting one. Let's let's get into that. <clears throat> and in pretty miserable conditions, as we've already mentioned, we travelled to face a Gillingham side without a league win since October. And... Heard over the tannoy as the teams were coming out that this was Gillingham's first home match day for six weeks. Can you yeah. imagine six, six weeks without seeing your beloved town at Portman Road? Six well, weeks, long, I know. It's, it's unbelievable, that. isn't it? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be quite a stretch for us anyway. It'll be virtually a month for us, won't it? Mm. By the time yeah. the next home game, but six weeks, goodness me, it's like a close season for goodness sake. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I was at the game with Joe, so I'll give you a few little insights to what it's like watching a game with Joe Fares. Um, <laughs> first insight is he still doesn't pay me for the ticket. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> but yeah, as, as Joe wrestled his way into his poncho, I we got the that. team news yesterday at two o'clock, which wasn't a surprise at all. Christian Walton came in for Victor Ladke in an otherwise unchanged Wickham team. But you noticed early on, Joe, a, a slight positional change. Yeah, well, when when we set up against Wickham, it was, it was very much a sort of free four three, really, wasn't it? With Norwood on the left-hand side and a Luke on the right-hand side with Bond Central and those. They were drifting into support as the game sort of naturally opened up a little bit, but it was very different today. Luco was very much playing as a 10, very central, and Norwood and Bond were a proper strike partnership. So it was a 3-4-1-2 or 3-5-2, which, whichever way you want to call it. But there was a definite change in the, in the way that Norwood and Luco were playing and setting up yesterday. Indeed. And I'll just quickly run through the... Gillingham team. I mean, what formation were they playing? They were just sort of sixes and sevens, weren't they? So it's hard to know. But what I've got written down here is four four two. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a four four two. Coming in goal, the the young lad on loan from Chelsea, I think, if I remember rightly, from the pre-match show. Uh, Jackson right back, Aimer and Bennett the centre backs, Tatonda uh, the left back, Muzzy Carriol, formerly of yeah. Parish, was left wing. Tucker, Phillips and O'Keefe for the other midfielders. And McKenzie was up in support of Oliver, who was a real handful the last time we, we went to Priestfields. Certainly wasn't the case on this, t- on this occasion, though. We started on the front foot, patiently keeping possession for the opening seven minutes. Joe decides it's a good time to pop down to the toilet. <laughs> so I'm going to come to you, Dave, to talk us through goal number one as Joe missed it. <laughs> didn't you do that at Burton? Is it when that might be me at Burton? That wasn't no, good. no. I'll, I'll tell, I'll tell you when I did it um, early on, and maybe it's a sign of good things to come. It was at Birmingham away, Mick McCarthy's first game. Ooh, so first away DJ. game under a manager. I went DJ's goal. Nipped from an early P and missed DJ Campbell scoring in the fifth minute. This time I waited a, f- a few extra minutes and then missed it as well. So maybe it's a good omen for the manager that I missed the first away goal because I'm going to the <laughs> toilet. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, just it was the start of things to come. As you said, we started off on the front foot really well, knocking it around. The movement was great, wasn't it? It just looked like it had bum and well, we'll get onto this, but it just like so, so much better. I think it started with it. I think it was a throw. I think Penny, a throw midway in there, half threw it back to Edmondson. Um, again, had all the quite a bit of time as as was the want yesterday. Sort of spread across field ball to Danassian, was it? And this was this was good. Danassian, I think, plays a one-two with his Burns wide right. It's just a lovely goal from then on. And Danassian advances with the ball, so edge of the box, plays it into Bon. He knocks it first time wide to Morsey, who basically takes a touch. And this is good. Larrups it in a really good spot across the across the six-yard box and. I mean, Norwood just gets across his man first time finish. This is such a simple but really well-worked, lovely move, wasn't it? A lovely move indeed, Joe. And this is what Norwood is good at, isn't it? It's getting across his man. And I think Brenner Brenner said that Morsey's cross was a a shot first up. But you watch it again, it does does look like he he meant to... Just drills it in an area, yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. thing. I mean, Norwood's just aggressive, isn't he? He aggressively wants to get to that ball and, you know, get get across his man. And that, you're right. That's just a it's just a natural goal scorer, isn't he? Certainly at that level. Hmm. And yeah, I mean, how frustrating is it when you see a, a cross like that whiz, whiz across the face of goal and you're wondering no, where the striker yeah. is? But Norwood is that to use the mechanism of Johnny on the spot. Yeah. Um, you're back by my side, Joe. As uh, play gets back <laughs> underway, and it's not long before we've doubled our money. 
No, it's just it seemed quite a simple goal, but it's just a ball into Bond's feet, isn't it? And he's he's got the centre back on him, and he just sort of absolutely rolls him, throws his body one way and goes the other <laughs> way, and the centre back goes for a hot dog, so to speak. He um, has to yeah. get a ticket to get back in the ground. He's gone yeah. so far from the dummy, and he just runs forward. And from where from our angle, it looks like he's away, but when we subsequently see the replay, he still has a lot to do and rolls it to Burns, who just first time just larrups it. Davis and larrups at a goal. Larrups and it, it. It, it looks like it takes a very, very slight nick, but the keeper just, I don't know. I think, I think the keeper should do better there. Really? It doesn't, it's, no, it's, it's, it goes, it goes through straight at him, isn't it? He sort of yeah, dives out the way of it, but Burns it hard, strikes, it, strikes it really well. And yeah, two nil. And, and from what we've seen so far, it's game over because Gillian was just not at it at all. That was a funny moment, wasn't it? Was it before we scored when birds when birds went through and and was fell by the invisible tackle? <laughs> yeah, sort of. I think he stood uh, on the yeah. ball, did he? That was like the first <laughs> or second one. minute, wasn't that, it? That would yeah. be a great move. He, he really manufactured into a brilliant position, and he just he just slips. He slipped, of which he did more than once actually. Um, mm. Yeah, just lost his foot, and there was no contact there. It was quite odd. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't on the extended highlights. I'd actually forgotten about that one, Dave. Um, yeah, no, it was on I follow. It was it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. So yeah, a superb team goal to make it two 0 Dave. Ten minutes later, we've scored yeah. another, which was arguably even better. This is just ridiculous. Describe this it? poetry emotion. Oh my god, this is just a series of interplay in midfield. To be fair, I think Evans yesterday. Morsey was obviously pushing on a bit more, but Evans could have played yesterday in a smoking jacket and <laughs> slippers for goodness' sake, couldn't he? For goodness' sake. But anyway, they were knocking it around sort of for fun in midfield, really. Um, eventually ends- noted in his column that they both had over 100 passes of the ball yesterday. Is that right? A hunt word well, doesn't surprise me. Goodness me. Um, ends up with Burns coming off the right, comes inside, and then it's just a thing of beauty, isn't it? Who knocks it? I think he just brings it inside off the right, knocks it, it knocks it to um, obviously a Luco who just then proceeds to play probably the ball of the season so far, certainly that I've seen an Ipswich player pass. Um, and great from Penny. Penny gets on the overlap, but the ball goes inside the fullback. And Penny is such a great, lovely weighted ball that Penny doesn't even have to break stride and knocks it across. And not the cleanest finish from a goalie ball, I've got to say, but yeah, just put it in a spot, keep Brad no chance. And off we are, 3 0. I mean, all three, which is really well superbly crafted goals but you know, I suppose about a bit harsh on Ipswich but you have to say Gilling were <laughs> yeah, awful but yeah great goal and great for Bond to break his 11 game drought wasn't it yeah because I, I don't think from where from where me and Mikey were watching it, it, it seemed that the ball from Aluko seemed so easy and so obvious because we were quite high up, sort of like a bird's yeah, eye view but... of it. And it almost like, well, just play the ball. It's so obvious and so easy. <laughs> and he yeah. plays it. It's like, oh, well, that was an easy ball. He played that. And then when, it's not until you watch it back on the highlights uh, when you see it pitch it. level and it's like the weight and the Ugh. spot of it and that pitch level. And it's like, no, that yeah. was a serious bit of quality. And Penny yeah. did well. He sort of got there. He and did. He just sort of took picked the right option and delivered it perfectly. And, I say some of the some of the football we were playing, we we really were purring yesterday, but Gillingham were not we're not at it. And I'd I'd, I'd sort of said I'd, I've I've never seen a Steve Evans team look like this. Really, they just didn't no. look organised. They didn't look disciplined. And there, there were there were times when we were playing well around them, so it was a case that we were making them look bad. But there were other times, like one that came to mind, sort of a ball was high up in the air and it was just dropping onto Lee Evans's head. No, and. No Lee Evans just nodded the ball to Sam Morsey and Morsey was just in the middle of four players yeah. and it's like, and no one was within 10 yards of him and it's just, mm. I don't know, they just whether we just totally out 
outfought them. But I, th- I thought there was some real, real good interplay in that first half on the ball. And when we defended the ball, we seemed to defend in pairs. So Big V, the sort of striker, would he'd try and bring the ball down and Wolfie would nick it off his toes, but nick it towards Danassian, who was there. And then we'd start playing again. And the other way around, Danassian would nick it and Wolfie would then just ping it first time into the midfield. And we were sort of hunting in packs off the ball as well as sort of playing well on it. When you when you think how that Oliver bullied us last season, right? It's Cook's first game, wasn't it? Last season, I mean, it was just absolute chalk and cheese, wasn't it? Mm. Was Morfinden playing in that game? Seems to rec- I think he I think he got bullied a little bit by Oliver last season. I might I might be mis- misremembering. So Chambers played because Chambers scored, didn't he? I think. Yeah, yeah, Chambers was right back there, wasn't he? So yeah, yeah. That's, 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 sure that was a point. That's a point. Did. But yeah, fantastic first half, and a, and a, and another thing that. It doesn't doesn't really make a difference who you're up against. The passing was so crisp, hammering it into each other's feet the whole way through the half. It was a decent pitch at, at Gillingham, better better than um, Portman Road at the moment, unfortunately. But yeah, just you can only play what's what's in front it's of you. Just... But it was obviously a t- it was obviously a poor team playing badly against decent team playing like well, team playing it was well. Just the, looking at it on, on, on the TV, on I follow, it was just the pace we seemed to play. We just seemed to be, yeah. yeah, you're right, the ball was fizzing around. There wasn't any, no one was being particularly sort of lackadaisical on the ball as we have seen, certainly in un, under Cook, I would say, sort of a bit pedestrian at times. We came on here and said it. Um, it was just the, the sort of pace they were playing at and the general movement. And there always seemed to be, always seemed to be an option. It was just, well, they didn't yeah, seem great. to be much thinking time either, did they? Everyone knew where everyone was and yeah. Edmondson would burst forward with a ball and Evans would just drop in and sit behind him. And it's like, bearing in mind, we're sort of talking, and I know without sort of going back to Cook, talking about needing time to gel and getting <laughs> players there. And we just look infinitely better coached already, don't we? Yeah, and, and without sort of wanting to go overboard on it, because obviously you don't want to build McKenna up too much because there's only one way it goes from there. But... Ultimately, we, we just look a well-coached and well-drilled team and sort of both on and off the ball, our set pieces sort of defensively were comfortable, bearing in mind the sort of side you're up against. And I know we just, in every phase of play, I thought we were good. And also, just as we did against Wickham, just playing further up the pitch, for goodness sake. You know, we're yeah. play, you know, now playing football, but in the opposition's half, for goodness sake. Well, we really yeah. squeezed them because I think that a, yeah. a side that likes to go, likes to go long ball, we really, we really squeezed them up think, the pitch. And they, even when Oliver did get the ball, sec- was nowhere I near it. noticed that second half when no, it was first half, so we're defending free kicks. We were just pushing right up, squeezing mm. right up, which we certainly, we certainly haven't been. So, no, yeah. it's brilliant, brilliant first half. And it's obviously easier to do that when you've got a goalkeeper like Walton behind you as well, isn't it? <laughs> that helps. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> moving into the second half, and Gillian naturally played a fair bit deeper in the in the second half, sort of damage limitation from them. We're in absolute cruise control. We continue to play pretty well without creating loads of chances. The impressive Edmondson stepped out from the back and had a decent low shot saved by the Jules keeper. There was quite a few times where players were getting forward about 30 yards out from goal and everyone was calling for a shot but yeah decent decent strike from Evanston not a bad save uh, Bon and Norwood are replaced on 71 minutes Dave and are warmly received by the away fans and that's a partnership that's really blossoming isn't it yeah I think so definitely as we said um I mean, great to see Bon Bon getting a goal yesterday. But I think McKenna's come out and said, I think I, I saw something from him in the week where he said, hey, yeah, he's not too concerned about Bon Bon not scoring because he works so hard for the team, which he which he does. He clearly loves being here. It's his hometown club, is well documented. Um, 
and great to see him back on the score sheet. And they do seem to complement. They do seem to complement each other really well. They just both, blood, they both work hard, thunder. don't they? They, they yeah, both yeah. work hard, and they don't give the centre backs a minute's peace. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, on seventy-three minutes, Gillingham go down to ten men uh, <laughs> after the daftest of second bookings from Daniel Phillips. Um, when I was looking at this, I wasn't too surprised to see that he's only twenty years old. This is inexperience and. They were saying, I think they said on, on the on, on the TV, his, his record. He's, I think he's, he's I'm not sure how many games he's played. He's, picked, like that, so he's got like eight eight yellows and two reds in that, hasn't he, or something mm. ridiculous? Well, this I'm, was I, I hadn't noticed he'd been booked for the first one. This was he'd basically had a shot that dribbled wide, oh, and crazy. he'd had a sort of go at the ref and got booked for descent yeah. there, and then he just. Yeah, he might. This one was just mental. Just really. hauled he's, back he, Penny, he, didn't he? Penny was going like five minutes later. 72 mm. minutes, 3-0 down at home. And Penny, it was it was on the halfway line and he just sort of just broke away and just, just dragged him down. And it was yeah. crazy. But I, th- I think he's been booked in nearly every game he's played so far for Gillian. But... <laughs> I, think, I think they said he's been booked pretty much every game and I think this might be second red. Think so. Well, it was just it was it was so stupid. It's the sort of one that would have a manager pulling his hair out. Oh yeah, so this is his record. So basically booked in the league, booked, not booked, two yellow sent off, booked, booked, (laughs) not booked, not booked, 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 two yellow sent off. So (laughs) it's two two reds and seven yellows in nine games. Ill ill disciplined young man. Yeah. Ill disciplined. Ne- next time he gets a booking, he's getting hooked, doesn't he? <laughs> Spoiler alert: will be a different manager though. Uh, well, Cha- Chaplin comes on for the ever classy Aluko for the final ten minutes. Um, by this stage, Josie mentioned had removed his poncho in time for the heavens to open once more. Um, and with the rain coming down, Piggott goes down in the box following an overhit corner by Evans. First watch, we thought this was a little bit harsh, didn't we, Joe? Well, it it just seemed that Piggott was getting nowhere near the ball. So yeah. it's sort of one of those ones where you just think, I don't know why he'd bothered giving it because he's getting nowhere near the ball. But then when you actually see the replay from the sort of TV angle, which has got the rest viewpoint in it, he does just chuck him down on the floor for no reason. It's just a total lack of discipline that they were showing at that point. So I think Piggott wanted the penalty, but Chaplin had scooted across there first and picked the ball up, hadn't he? So Yeah. What well, was it? A Matt, Matt Ritchie on... Uh, David Johnson, who was it? Paul yeah, Ritchie, body slam. Yeah. Paul Ritchie, oh, yeah, it's yeah. reasonably similar. Although, although Matt Not Ritchie, quite as dramatic. Phys- Matt um, Ritchie physically picked Johnson up and <laughs> yeah. threw him to the floor, basically. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, wasn't a pen- yeah. wasn't a penalty though. That's Barry Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we wonder whether Piggott might take this one, but uh, Chaplin grabbed the ball. He's obviously the penalty taker now. When well. Maybe when Norwood isn't on the pitch. When he's on, um, puts it straight down the middle. Decent penalty. An enjoyable 4-0 win made even more enjoyable perhaps by the fact that Steve Evans walked um, the day after the game. Didn't look like a team playing for the manager ultimately, did it? It looked looked very... When when you look at the red card and you look at the penalty in the last minute, it's just two schoolboy errors. And like I say, love or hate Steve Evans. And I know... Most people aren't a big fan of his, but ultimately he's a, he's a manager that knows how to set a side up at this level to yeah. motivate a side. And generally, you know what to expect from his side. They're, they're going to be tough to play against. They're going to be very good at the basics and they're not going to give you an easy game. And that was an easy game yesterday. And part of it is because we looked very good, but they didn't make it particularly difficult for us. And it it, it looked like a, like I said, I 
commented, I'd, I'd never seen a Steve Evans side play that sort of just weekly, really. And yeah. it's no no surprise to me that he's walked out today. I, I know that they've had a lot of issues this season with sort of backing. I think he wanted to Steven his job when that came up because I think it's closer to home. And I think he's just maybe run his course with Gillingham after sort of two 10th yeah. place finishes in League One. I don't think... I think he's sort of punched that ceiling. I don't think he's he can get past it with them and wants a fresh start. And like I say that they they need something major, or they're going to be getting relegated this season because they were a very very poor side. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash blue monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Do you wish him well, Dave? Where do you think he'll pop up next? <sighs> he'll pop up somewhere. As Joe said, he does know how to organise teams and get, yeah. get results. I mean, you know, not not blessed with huge finances. Gillingham and two 10th place finishes is probably fairly decent for them in the last couple of seasons. Well, bear um, in mind, we but, finished 11th and 9th. But, from those yeah, yeah better than us. But, yeah, as I said earlier, you know, compare the match. This, can't too much, but just compare the intensity and the aggression they showed in the match against us last season to yesterday. All right, complete, we've got a completely different squad of players and better players. But even so, it was just the lack of, just a lack of, just not competitive, were they? I mean, they were nowhere near it. I know we did play well. Don't get me wrong. We have got players that, given the room, we'll, we'll do that to teams. But goodness me, it was almost first half. It was just almost so easy, wasn't it? Which is very, very unlike, as Joe said, very unlike his team. And they did tighten up a little bit in the second half. But again, you know, showed that ill discipline. So when that came through this afternoon, Mikey, I wasn't hugely surprised. We all had a good chuckle at it at the uh, at Felix, though. <laughs> But he'll 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 appear somewhere yeah. else, no doubt. He'll be he'll be back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, held pending, perhaps. Um, so mm-hmm. moving on to the uh, other results, there was only four other League One matches. Um, 
the most entertaining one and the headline one was Wickham 3, watched, Sunderland 3. I watched that game. I watched that game. That was on at lunchtime. What a game that was. Flipping. So, it. Yeah, talk game. us through what happened in that game then. Oh, Dave. my God. Um, hang on. I can't. Hang on. <laughs> Sunderland, won, Sunderland went one up. Wickham went 2-1 up. Hang on. Sunderland went 1-2-1, 2-2. Two, two, two. Sunderland 3-2. And then um, Joe, oh, Joe Jacobson, who, who basically, I don't know if you saw it on the EFL um, on Quest, made the best goal line clearance I think I've ever seen. One, one of them. Incredible. Um, to keep it, I think, at 3-2, I believe that was. Maybe maybe not. Maybe it was 2-2 two, two then. And um, and then he pops up. Um, they sort of use a bit of Wickham shithousery corner at the last. Everybody up. Stockdale up in the box. Good old Ainsworth. Stockdale up as well. And the ball hung in there. Centre half gets a win. And Jacobson is blocked on the line. And Jacobson sort of stabs it in 90, 97th minute, I think, for 3-0. Yeah, cracking game, though. Really good. Really good. Not Great quality. I tell you, he did look good. That Pritchard for Sunderland looked good. Certainly second half, he looked really good. But, um, yeah, that Stewart, probably a bit unlucky. I'm not sure he, they gave him a hat-trick. First goal, he, a really good header for 1-0 really early on, about three minutes. And it's one of those ones. Hits a crossbar, looks like it comes back over the line, but doesn't. Hits a crossbar and hits Stockdale just in front of the line and goes in. So, yeah, a bit of a robbed of a hat-trick. But, yeah, good a good game, that one. Very good. Lovely stuff. And the, the other results, Accrington 1, Milton Keynes 1, Cheltenham 1, Burton 1, and Oxford lost 2-0 yeah. at Lincoln, Joe. The results might not matter to us too much, but they are starting to go our way, aren't they? Well, I think over the last sort of two or three weeks in League One, sort of every, every time I've looked at it, it seems that every team above us, when they've played, has dropped points. In, in, in each fixture almost. there's No one seems to be on a good run at the moment. And when you look at Oxford, when they're playing Lincoln, have been quite a poor side this season. And that now puts us back the same amount of games played as Oxford, eight points behind them. And they're going to they're gonna have to be the target, aren't they? That's that's what we've got to go for. And we've still got to play them. And I say you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself, but you look at the next run of five or six fixtures and there's some winnable games there. And if, if we can't, we, we're gonna we're gonna know within that six game run whether this season's gonna just yeah. peter out yeah. to nothing or whether there's yeah. gonna be something riding on it by the time we get to sort of April May time. Indeed. So ju- just on that, it's just uh, Rotherham, Wigan, and Plymouth who are above us that have won their their last game. So <laughs> hopefully, Wigan are incredible. I've got it here. Wigan, I mean, so incredible. They got like. Game, I mean, as we all say, better to have games, um, points on the board. But crikey, they've got four games in hand. They're only a point behind mm. Wickham and, OK, five points, I think, behind Sunderland with four games in hand, for goodness sake. Um, their chairman's come out today and said that the league should be being extended for health oh, reasons for the players. But I, I don't me. think he'll get anywhere with that. I don't think he will either, but that doesn't mm. surprise me at all. And they had a decent FA Cup result as well, didn't they, Wigan? I don't know. I missed it. You know, one, yeah. Well, they, yeah. They're still in the hat, I saw. Yeah, what well, about, they must have what, won then if they're still in the hat. Because, oh, yeah, because there's no replays. So, yeah, yeah, yeah so that, they won. What about that Barrow game, for Christ? That's what we would have been up a fancy witness in a 5-4. Goodness yeah. me. And but, Barrow game? were down to 10 men for most of the game. Oh, it's crazy. Got the yeah, results in front of me. But, yeah, some brilliant, brilliant so like matches. Six goals in 15 minutes, wasn't it? And another one, Cambridge winning at Newcastle. Jack Lancaster having a late goal disallowed by VAR. Yeah. But great, oh, great man. for Jack to to get that sort of they didn't win show under his that. belt there. They didn't even show that, did they? I didn't see it on Match of the Day. No, I didn't see it on Match of the no. Day. But... No. And unless I'm mistaken, his name was left off the um, graphic as well. Um, oh, my so God. Poor, poor lad, if he 
stayed up to i mean i'm sure they were up for a few beers after after that performance but if he yeah if he recorded match the day he might have been slightly disappointed <laughs> oh, um but yeah just running through that uh top 10 so yeah with with 15 points behind rotherham who are top um on 50 points same as sunderland um wickham moved up to third with with that draw um so they're they're third and they are 11 points ahead of us then it's wigan on 45 oxford 43 plymouth 43 so we're probably looking at oxford and plymouth as the teams that we could potentially rein in and there we're eight points behind both of them um plymouth have a game in hand on us but oxford have now played the same amount of games that we have and i think that we play oxford away in march so fingers crossed that'll be a really big game rather than it's um guess and cork is coming out i mean but, but Port- portsmouth's in late february is it i can't remember when that is but they're they're a couple of points ahead of us but with two no no uh yeah two games in there hmm. yeah all as joe said if look these these next four or five games are the way we're playing are clearly winnable how often we've we said that before clearly winnable games i mean if you can you win four of those games you're gonna be surely gonna be making some ground there hmm. that's all we can do isn't it yeah that's what we can do. Look after business. Need a, Let's... Need a Burley-esque, what was it, 97-98, 97-98-20-game yeah. unbeaten run mm. or whatever it was. We seem to have the firepower. It's that season when we kept scoring five. This season we've scored four a few times already, haven't we? Mm. Yeah, so, three times away from home. Yeah, lovely stuff. Yeah. Tenth in the league. <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. Let's move into the questions. And Tim Gornell is first up. How strange does it feel to watch a well-coached town team, Joe? Well, especially I thought it takes like thirty games for a team to gel. I didn't think you could, I didn't think you're allowed to sort of look mm-hmm. good this quickly. And it's it, like I say it's just it's just well, it's amazing how quickly we've looked. We've looked like a well-drilled side, and it's also incredibly frustrating that we've had all this talent in the squad, and we've put in some, such poor performances throughout the season. Especially when we've been ahead in games, the amount of points we've dropped from winning positions—it's it's stupid. And and like I say, the fact we're sitting there thinking, "Oh, well, if we can win five out of the next six, then we've got a chance of being in the mix of the playoffs," is just diabolical, really, isn't it? When you see the investment in the squad and yeah. what we've done, but. I say it's early days, but I think McKenna seems the right the right man to lead this squad, and this good start is helping him. And there's going to be some blips along the way, and I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure that it's just unavoidable. But it, it, we we do just seem like we know what we're doing both on and off the ball, and we seem flexible. We seem I say it's just so nice to hear him talking at the end of each game, and he's t- already talking about the sort of what they've done for this game and what what we were already looking at Bolton next week and they're sort of they've got this different challenges and we how we are adapting to each game and Wes Burns coming out in his post match interview saying that we knew we were going to be getting man to man marked a lot. So we've done a lot of work around how to beat the sort of man to man marking and work from there. And it's just what it's just what we've sort of wanted as fans, isn't it? I think like I'm sure most people who listen to the pod and sort of sort of listen to it because they like to see the sort of tactical side of the game and what we as fans want to see and want to hear rather than just the sort of the the real football man talk of Paul Cook, Paul Lambert, Mick McCarthy before him of just like fans 
couldn't possibly understand this this game we're talking about, so we're not going to give you any extra detail. But Cook, um, sorry, McKenna just seems confident enough in his own skin that he's just going to tell us what we're going to do and we're going to work from there and deal with it, basically. And yeah. and I think in contrast to the others, who obviously we all know, Lam- Mr. Lambert, Mr. Cook used to refer very much, but sometimes, well, certainly Paul Lambert, back to his playing days, I really haven't, in any interviews, I really haven't seen um, McKenna come out and talk much about his time spent with Mourinho or or, or Solskjaer or anyone like that. Have you particularly? Mm-hmm. You know, it's all been about him, what he's trying, you know, how he's going to take take things forward um, with us. I think it's, I think it's probably these postponements in his early weeks has has helped him because obviously it's given him much more time on the you know much more time on the training ground so that's been a that's certainly been an assistance and and certainly looks like he's paying dividends doesn't it yeah I, th- I think it's it's helped in one way but it also has heaped pressure on in others because obviously you've got that long run up to the Wick- Wickham game which we then won but had we had we not won that Wickham game there'd have been a huge run up of pressure building up to this game so whilst the time has helped him it's also only helped because he's got the results to go alongside it which has meant that the sort of pressure stayed off that way and I'll get him sort of rich to tweet for the Blue Monday account but I was watching a video last week on TIFO's channel which is always a good watch about the sort of tactical periodization which Jose Mourinho is sort of probably the most famous for. But something that Bobby Robson was one of the first people to use, but Jose Mourinho used it. And it's about how basically everything is built towards each game. Each session is done that. You don't do specific fitness session. Everything is built around your next game and your game after that and the overall picture of it. And it's, it's only a sort of six or seven minute video, but I think have it, McKenna having worked under Mourinho, I'd imagine is a proponent of this. So it's sort of probably interesting for fans to watch. So I'll get Rich to tweet that out. Excellent. Look forward to watching that, Joe. Um, Peck and Blue asks, Dave, when was the last time we played well after having had time on the training ground? <laughs> I don't expect you to have a, an answer to hand, but it always used to feel like that never happened. No, it didn't. You know, you're building up for games and it never it always used to sort of fall flat. You know, I don't know, you'd had a postponement or something like that. Well, at least it gives us more time to work with the players break. and stuff. Mm. But um, yeah, I think Joe just sort of summed that up sum that up pretty well yes i think it has it certainly it certainly helped having time on the training ground but yeah it also helped that you got the positive you, you now got two well certainly the positive result coming out of wickham and obviously a very good performance yesterday so and no and again it's it's, it's going forward it's going to have clear clear weeks now I don't it's a midweek game this month is there I don't think there is got Wimbledon, Wimbledon, think, isn't it? Yeah. right at the end of the month isn't it i think yeah so yeah, he's going to have even more time to work with the players, so it can only be a benefit. And so, sort of staying on the the Kieran McKenna loving, how many games like that can we get totally overexcited about McKenna, Joe? <laughs> well, I think just, we probably already are overexcited. Yeah, but, you but, but, but to really show is the real deal. We probably do need to. But we are we are getting ninety minute performances out, and that's just not something mm. we've seen for a long time as Ipswich fans, is it? And yeah. When when it was the last time he looked good, it's probably you're probably going back to sort of like 2014, 15, where we actually had a long sustained run of good form, playing well every week, and mm. after that it was sort of a bit patchier, wasn't it, in the championship under Mick, and we'd sort of do enough to pick up points because, but we obviously had a s- smaller budget, so we weren't able to dominate games like <laughs> we did, and under Lambert, our good runs were generally sort of a little bit fortunate it felt at the time yeah, and under Cook we we could never string two performances together. We couldn't we couldn't string two halves together, let alone two performances. So it it I don't know, it does feel 
they're very, very good at the moment. But also, there's a sort of trepidation of oh, Ipswich <laughs> Town, isn't it? I it's Ipswich Town. We can't have nice think... things as Ipswich Town fans. So when's it going to go wrong? Yeah, I think the um, uh, you know what has been the, you know, Gillingham were, were were not great yesterday. We've got to say that. I know he's old cliche and only beat what is front of it, but it's been two quite different performances. I mean, one, how often have we said we all said that? How often have we looked forward to a game, quite a big game, twenty five thousand in against Wickham? You know, big Real expectation and been absolutely crap. But you know, we ground that result out. We played. I think we played quite well on the night. Not not nearly as well. I don't think as we played yesterday. But that was a real grind. That result and that was a that was a a, a great base to build from. And I think we just you know moved it up a level yesterday, didn't we? Yes, back to back clean sheets as well, which isn't yeah. something we've 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 really struggled this year defensively, haven't we? And yeah, and um, we haven't really been troubled in the two games against Wickham. Sort of, there's a sort of couple of half chances at the, the at end, the end should, but yeah, but not, not much, but. That. Yesterday, considering we were three 0 up so early, normally in those games you expect the the side that's lost to end up having more shots because the team that's won just sit back and allow the other team to take pot shots. But we just dominated like the ball as well as possession. Yeah. They they had absolutely nothing, did they? No, nothing at all. Harry Mallet has hammered in four questions <laughs> into his tweet. Um, they are all all on the same subject. First up. Is it now difficult to change that starting eleven moving forward? Are Fraser, Selina and Chaplin all vying for a Luco's position? Could Harper suit Morsi's role in the side and getting forward more? I guess that's preempting Morsi getting suspended at some point. <laughs> and where does Edwards fit in now? Um, a wing back or a or a wide forward? Let's let's start on Edwards. Could you maybe see him play that wing back role if if needed? If Burns needs a rest, I think that's probably the only left, position. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, and or, or maybe on the left, but because he has been like he has given decent protection when he's played as a wide forward, hasn't he? He does. He does. I mean, imagine back. getting. Imagine if you can get him playing and getting an end product from him. Goodness me! I mean, he's got so much talent. You know, we've seen it, haven't we? We've seen it all season in glimpses. You know, he can just beat players for fun. He can beat players both ways. Beat players for pace, and it's just been his very frustrating end product. So. If, crikey, if you get if you get that right, um, you've got an incredible player there. I suppose there, but... when you look at the way we played against Wickham, was the sort of three four three, wasn't it? That he, that, yeah. that, he fits that into would... that side yeah, more. Yeah, he does. Yes, yes, side he doesn't he... really unless he's going to play left wing back, which you're not going to be asking you're... a lot, isn't it? You're not going to leave a Luco out. A Luco's just been a complete and uh, a revelation, hasn't he? I just mm-hmm. incredible. So yeah, on that on Can't that Luco one, um, because you'd imagine he probably can't play ninety minutes three games in a week when we do get to that stage. So are Fraser, Selina and Chaplin all vying for that position? I actually think probably for Chaplin and Selina, for me, their best chance of getting back into the team is if one of Norwood or Bonn um, picks up an injury or a niggle. I think Selina needs, I think it'll be Selina or Luco personally, and then Mm. maybe Chaplin into that sort of front player's that front player side. Yeah. But people well, are going to pick up Can you see? Can you see Fraser leaving? Yeah. If someone yeah. comes in for him, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think there, there was talk That's that Russell Martin at Swansea yeah. is in for him. I, I, I personally think if we could pick up the just uh, wash our, if we're able to wash our face of the sort of deal, as in the, just yeah. they just pay Whatever what we've was. what we've paid. Yeah. They pick up his contract. I think I think he'd probably go personally. Whether that will happen, I don't know, but. He, he, he just doesn't. He just didn't fit into a Paul Cook formation at all. He's, he's obviously a good player, but I know Rich has sort of 
been beating the drum from a little bit this year, but for me, he just hasn't, he just hasn't shown it, shown enough sort of mobility wise and hasn't affected enough games for me, but that's not to, that's not to say he couldn't. I think if you played him in the role that Aluko played in yesterday, I think he'd probably play quite well there. Just sort of maybe drop a little bit deeper, give him more a little bit of help and those two going, but I, I think, like I say, I think you're going to struggle to knock Morsi and Evans out of the team and those two. Technically because they, good, isn't he? Technically a good player, you're right. Yeah, but but just like that, perhaps not that, not the paciest, is he, sort of thing. So. Yeah. I think, like I say, we, we just need, like I say, it's, it's going to be McKenna, isn't it? Sort of working out which players he needs, which players he doesn't, and then sort of letting Mark Ashton know and trying to get some deals done, trying to get a couple out, to get a couple in so that the balance of the squad gives him what he needs to be flexible enough to play the way he wants to play. Is, do we know, is Selena actually back? Is Selena training now? Yeah, he's training. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't on the bench yesterday. So. No, he wasn't. No, was Fraser, was he? No. Yeah. No. Fraser's not been involved for a little while and I don't know if he's been injured or just mm. out of favour. Mm. That, that's the here and now. Dave Gort's already looking ahead to next season. Will George Edmondson still be here on the first game of next season? So I, I guess he's... He's going from the viewpoint that we will still be in League One at the start of next season. Do you think? Do you think well, he signed was... a four-year contract, hasn't he? So what? And I'm, I'm sure we're paying him a good wage, a sort of lower-end Championship wage. So the only way he's going to go is if a top Championship silly, club comes in, money. With, comes in with big money for him. And, if, yeah. and, if, and when teams do that, it's hard to stand in players' wages, isn't it? And yeah. especially when we're being run by a pension fund and player <laughs> trading is obviously a big part of a big part of that, that if somebody comes in with a six million bid for him in the summer, if he carries on the way he's playing and fires up the table and we just miss out for whatever reason, then I think sometimes you lose those players. But I, I think with the, with the long contract and the no doubt good contract he's on, I think, I think if I was to back now, whether he's here or not, I'd say, yes, he will be. Nice music to my ears. Mullet asks, Dave, do you think that was shop window time for either Jackson or Piggott? Or is there a way back for everyone under McKenna? He said he'd make tweaks on the pitch. But what yeah. about this window? I think it probably is. I mean, you know, we've already seen that. Although with Norwood, although I suppose McGreal first brought him back into the, you know, back into the fold. Um, Jackson, I think we're, we're all surprised. Jackson does keep. He's obviously showing in training because he keeps appearing on the bench and he keeps making little cameo appearances. Had a slight chance, yeah, a bit of good team score yesterday. Scuffed, sort of scuffed one yes, mm. yesterday, didn't he? Um, Piggott is an interesting one, isn't he? Again, there's been sort of some, one or two rumours I've seen about about him particularly, um, perhaps in, in the window. Um, it's just finding a role for Piggott. Obviously, yeah, the role for me, for Piggott is, especially in the front two, is... As you said, either him or him or Chaplin coming in. If if either one or Bon or Norwood drops out now, but clearly Bon and Norwood have got the got the shirts now, and it's up to Piggott to to win one for himself. But again, difficult. He, yeah, again, you, I could understand why he wanted to take the penalty yesterday. Goodness me, but he didn't really show too much when he came on yesterday, did he? Really? No. No. I think everyone was sort of willing and willing to. Yeah, score, I was. But yeah, but I, I forgot think to mention quite there in the, last, in the last minute, didn't he? I forgot. If, if you look at sort of, if you look at League One, sort of on the assumption that we're in League One next season, well, James Norwood has been on the transfer list. And I think that's a club hierarchy decision. Would we be giving him another contract? Possibly not. Would we sign Macaulay Bon Bon if we're still in League One? Probably not. I don't think. And then Joe Piggott's the guy with two years left on his contract, yep. and 
is a is a player that probably will play a role next season. So I, I don't I don't see that we'd be able to ship him out because we've obviously given him a a good deal to sign here when he had interest from Championship clubs, interest from Celtic in the summer, and we signed him on a three year deal on no doubt a very nice wage. So I don't see that there's any real market for him at the moment, and it's in our interest to get the only striker on our books who's contracted into next season firing. So I'm sure we will try and do that. And you'd hope that someone like McKenna, new coach, new ideas can get, get more out of him. Yeah, you'd hope so. Paul Westlake asks, with that sort of dominant performance, should we be looking for, just be looking for cover in the transfer window? Or do you think we still have gaps? Walton would be the biggest signing we, we should go after for me. I suppose when, 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 when you look at it, I guess it's a case of, so we go through each position, don't you? And then goal. I'll throw in Alex Hare's question as well. Is left back still a priority position to strengthen or is it about making the loans permanent? So so they're the two questions on the table. Well, if, let's go through it position by position yeah. at the moment. In yeah. goal, Walton is, if we can get him signed, which is going to be tough, but if we can get him signed, him and Hladke, I think that's going to be plenty. Centre-halves, we mentioned earlier in the pod, I think you need... At least one backup if you if you're going to be playing the three at the back. So I don't think Ncial is going to be able to cope playing the way that McKenna wants him to. No. Right wing back, sort of Wes Burns, Kane, Vincent Young, there left wing well, back. Sorry. It's it's Colson, isn't it? Is Colson going to be here come the end of the window? And if he is, then we probably won't sign another left back. Midfield, I think we're well covered in midfield. I think the number ten we're well covered, and I think up front we're well covered. Bearing in mind. Uh, obviously there's options that some people go James Norwood could still go we, we don't know exactly what the situation there is but I, I think I think we're well we're well covered as a as a team I think I think we've got enough in the squad but it's just whether you can just shuffle a couple, shuffle the pack a little bit a couple out a couple in just to give you a bit more cover where you want it or a start where you want it but I don't know I, I, I don't I don't see that we need a huge amount and I think maybe the sort of Ash, sort of McKenna wants these players in, but maybe there's an element of saying, look, win us a few games first and we'll see whether the season's still alive because if we lose the next couple, we're probably realistically going to be too far off the playoffs. So what's the point of chucking good money after bad for this season if it's just loan players to get us through till May or do you just keep that money in reserve until the summer and then try and recruit permanently at that point? What about you, Dave? If you, if you If we were only going to do one bit of business... What would you want it to be? Oh, a goalkeeper. Yeah, clearly the well, goalkeeper well on a permanent. Yeah, oh, goodness me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, as Joe said, with him and Ladke, you're more than adequately covered there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, who would have thought we'd have said that? One of the ten. Well, I would say ten games ago he hasn't scored, but yeah. I mean, he, he after obviously a, sh- a shaky start, he's he just looks the part, doesn't he? he exudes confidence. He comes for crosses. He catches him. Maybe he's distribution isn't the greatest but it's good enough really at that level so it just, just gives you confidence doesn't it? he must you know it makes the whole maybe you know maybe the back how they're playing with the three at the back now suits him also they're playing a bit higher up as well that may suit him also it's he, he just looks the part to me and i think i saw some of that brighton um just signed a, or ex- or just signed a young keeper or extended a contract of a young keeper on their books, I believe. Yeah, basically, Walton is going to be leaving Brighton this yeah, transfer he is. window. He's yeah. he's not going to be on loan at Ipswich at the end of the window. He's either going to be signed here permanently yes. or he's going to be somewhere else, isn't he? Yeah. So okay. hopefully, fingers hopefully crossed, we, can we stay compete. here because he's been good, hasn't he? Yeah. Really good. Fingers crossed. Uh, we got a tweet from Craig Fimbo from Chelmsford Services. Mm. 
how has McKenna managed these kind of performances with someone else's squad and without a recruitment room? Hashtag witchcraft. Hashtag Ipswitchcraft. <laughs> what is that recruitment room? What is that? Like a surgery? What is that? He lost me there, Mr. Sort of the, Cook. The, the black room, black box room, isn't this? Sort of, you've seen them <laughs> at clubs where they have all their yeah. signers lined up. I, I did listen to his um, the podcast with the Chesterfield guys and the sort of Sky Sports News one. And I don't know, it just seems, that's sad. Obviously, this interview, as we sort of mentioned, isn't aimed at Ipswich fans. It's aimed at the wider game and to keep his name out there and push it on. But it's, I just find it very difficult to understand the him basically saying, I've, I've had a sort of performance team put on me so I couldn't run pre-season. We didn't have a recruitment room, so we didn't know what we were doing in the market. I didn't have enough say generally full stop. But yet, also all those things, and I think they're, I think they're, I think they're fair criticism. I think that's not the job Cook signed up for. And to be fair to him, he's he's come in to do a job, and he's and the job has been made smaller and smaller, and it's there. But I, I don't see how that ties in with they should have given me more time because, well, how would you have turned things around if there's things that are already out of your control which you aren't happy about? So. But you can't square that circle. It seems like he's talking out both sides of his mouth there for he me. Said he had to come he, out he, want, some... he wants more time, but yet there's things that were fundamentally wrong with the job that he was never going to be able to sort out. So what, what, what would more yeah, time he's... have achieved? Maybe just giving him a bit of time to be able to sort of politically gain a bit more power back. He's had, and... he's had to come out with something. And to be fair to him, what, what it has meant, going so early, if you perceive it as early, is he's, he's, he's not really too damaged too much damaged stock is he? he's not damaged too much damage damage to his to his rep really is there not too much i don't think he'll pick up somewhere else of course he will hmm. um but he had to come out with something yeah that was a yeah he did contradict himself slightly i thought and if he said it was going to be instant success he would have walked That's out the right. job yeah, and then you signed sam morsey burst and selena christian <laughs> walton on transfer <laughs> deadline day i think i yeah. think that sort of setting setting sort of target what what we were looking to achieve this year and it wasn't going to be just a transition season was it with those no those free signings no definitely not so we'll wrap it up there gents blue monday will return perhaps with craig if he if he's finally back from gillingham with a midweek <laughs> q a live on our youtube channel rich and said will preview bolton away potentially live as well on friday anything to plug either of you or any last words um, no, I've, I've just finished the Paul Mariner book when I was on holiday. Oh. I managed, managed to get that read, and that was that was a really good read. And I know Rich has mentioned it a couple of times that we are going to be getting Mark Donaldson back on the pod to to launch a book club to to go from there. Yeah, and so start getting that read if you've got that one, guys. Before before that, so we can go from yeah, there. Me too. I finished it last week. Yeah, excellent, excellent read, and really, really, you know, people. Not really great to see the people in the game. How well he how well he was thought of and how people speak so so well of him yeah lovely quite a character lovely stuff okay so after scoring four goals away from home for the third time this season joe we are still 10th but onwards and upwards hey here we go (laughs) here we go
It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.